Hello, it's Sarah here. I'm so glad you are listening to the Heart to Heart Outreach Podcast. One of my greatest passions is ministering to women, creating a space where they can learn from others and ultimately becoming the women God has made them to be. This message you are about to hear will surely do that for you. Why not share it with a friend as you grow together in Jesus? Hello everyone and welcome. This is Sarah speaking from Heart to Heart uh, Outreach and this is a uh, an outreach that is seeking to help women that have been through trauma in their lives. Uh, this is uh, could be childhood or in adulthood, things like domestic uh, violence. And uh, the aim is really to help people find help that they need in a secular way and also in Christian ways. And um, as a Christian, Christians, we uh, aim at introducing God in, into people's lives. And, you know, the same thing that helped us uh, to help them as well. Today, we are, I'm going to be interviewing Rosamond, and she's one of the young people, uh, young people, and uh, uh, she's part of the worship in the church that uh, we both attend and we are a member of. And then she has uh, made uh, a video about her experiences in this uh, area of uh, abuse, especially in childhood, in her in her. Um, her side of, of things and then so um, I just felt like I needed to get her also to come and um, just tell us uh, what happened to her briefly and also you know how it was and uh, the help that she got and uh, you know how did she come to you know even be in, in the forefront of, of worship in church you know and leading the youth as well as uh, you know doing all that when others are out there really, uh, uh, you know, not functioning and uh, very crippled by these experiences of abuse. So um, I will now um, uh, get uh, Rosamond to tell us uh, her part of the story and how, uh, you know, she experienced it and what happened to her and how she uh, managed to get out of it and to be where she is today. Over to you, Rosamond. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Um, so I'll just start off with my childhood. So I actually mm -hmm. was raised uh, in a very loving family. Yeah. Uh, you know, mum, dad, uh, two younger siblings. I'm the eldest out of three. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're still together until this day. They've been mm -hmm. married for 31 years at this point. Yeah. Which you thank God for. So mm -hmm. my upbringing was very, uh, it was very good. Mm -hmm. You know, they're both Christians. We're mm -hmm. born again uh, Christians. Mm -hmm. So we had that upbringing of knowing who God was. Mm -hmm. Um, and everything and mm. it was it was nice you know there wasn't any problems mm. Um, mm. in that aspect in terms of how they would raise me and my siblings yeah. or mm. you know I didn't experience any kind of trauma or mm. any problems with them yes. as a, as a yeah. unit should mm. I should I say mm. um, so for me it in terms of my beginning my start it was it was actually very good mm. it, it, it was very mm. good you know mm. you hear some you know, stories, how they start off, you know, living with single parents mm. or things like, well, mine was actually the opposite. I grew up in a very, very loving, mm -hmm. loving and Christian God-filled household. Mm -hmm. um, my father is a pastor okay. as well. Wow. Um, and uh, we attended a church when we used to live in, in another part of uh, London, yeah. um, in which his friend um, was pastor, I believe he was the pastor of the church at that time. Okay. So... I literally, I actually had a very good life. Yeah. <laughs> very good childhood. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, at the age of 
seven, um, yeah. I had encountered uh, molestation yeah. um, by my by the son of my fam uh, my parents' family friend. Mm. Okay. Um, and it wasn't a one time occasion. Unfortunately, mm. it happened a number of times. Mm -hmm. um, it was quite. I wouldn't say traumatic. It was very close to rape. If, um, I, it didn't lead to rape, okay. but it more it might as well have been <laughs> from mm. what I can mm. remember. Yeah. Um, and it, it like I said, it happened a number of times. Mm -hmm. You know, it, in in various places in mm. the church, in mm. their in their house, and things like that. Mm. And I remember having just these experiences and thinking, what is this? Mm, mm. <laughs> like, what is going on? Mm. Um, during that time, I didn't actually tell my parents because he had told me not to tell anybody. Yeah. Mm. Um, and for me, the kind of person I am, and I think I still am to an extent today, mm. is that if, if someone tells me not to do something or to do something, I will do it. Mm, mm. Um, as I mentioned, I'm the eldest in my family, so I don't have any older yeah, yeah, siblings yeah, or anything yeah. like that. So mm. if someone you know, who I see as my older or like older brother or whatever, yeah. you know, advises me, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. I'll kind of lean into it very easily. So mm. because he told me not to say anything, mm. I, di I, I, I didn't. Mm. Um, and so this happened a few times um, mm. and it kind of just randomly mm. stopped, actually. I think we moved home and, and from moving home, we actually moved church eventually. Okay. Um, my parents are still friends with his parents. Mm. Um, and no, neither side had no clue what mm. was going on. And I just kept it that way. And over mm. the years, mm. um, I didn't see him mm. or his siblings um, mm -hmm. for a long time. So it started off there. Mm -hmm. um, in growing up, um, I had uh, some weight issues. I was quite mm -hmm. big for my age. Mm. So that also played a part in my insecurity, which I didn't actually realize mm -hmm. I had. Mm. Um, and so during my teenage years, um, I lost a lot of weight because I got into sports very quickly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and things like that. Mm. Um, and then, you know, just kind of trying to find myself. I was very quiet. I was a very mm. timid girl mm. um, and I didn't understand why at mm. the time i had mm -hmm. buried the whole experience of being molested mm. to the point where i actually forgot mm. so growing mm -hmm. up mm. i didn't realize how much it affected my personality yeah. how much it affected my uh self-esteem mm -hmm. um and how it affected my relationships mm -hmm. with boys or relationships with friends mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. family and things mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. so um i carried that on into my uh my adolescence you mm. know I was not necessarily in and out of guys but I just really craved attention mm. mm -hmm. from yeah. from boys and mm -hmm. you know the tip almost the typical mm -hmm. you know feelings that adolescents mm -hmm. um, and teenagers like myself would have experienced at the time mm -hmm. um at that time also I was still at church mm -hmm. uh, my parents were still taking me to church mm -hmm. um I was a Christian by kind of default mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I knew of God mm. um and I knew of God because yeah. my parents told me that it's just right to do so which yeah. to be to to their credit um, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. it was right of them you know yeah. the bible does say teach your children in the ways yeah. of the lord yeah so um I was kind of in and out like mm. you know in church but then I was living a completely different life mm. when it wasn't Sunday kind yeah. of thing and that was going yeah. on for years mm. Um, so fast forward into university, you know, for me, it was like a little bit of freedom, like, yeah. Hey, I'm not home or whatever, yeah, yeah. And things like that. And then I started getting into like heavy partying yeah. and drinking mm. and 
more guys mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and just more guys and still living a double life. You yeah. know, part of me still wanted to know know God. Yeah. Um, or should I say kind of want to be on my best behavior for God because yeah. of the ideologies of God that yeah, I had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but another part of me was like, this is fun. I like mm. being in the world. I like these guys who are looking at me in a way that I quite like. Yeah. Um, and but in the process of that, I was getting hurt mm. and things like that. And mm. um, I was just in between a lot. Mm. And, you know, I was kind of taking on personalities that weren't necessarily me. Yeah. You know, I mm. was kind of copying the mm. personas of mm. what I saw that would kind of get me to certain places mm -hmm. or get me with certain guys and things like that, mm -hmm. which I didn't realize I was doing. It was mm -hmm. kind of in me, but I just didn't know it, you yeah. know, it was part of my nature. I didn't really know myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't know myself actually. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, on my 20th, no, just after my 20th birthday, mm -hmm. um, I came back from Christmas, mm -hmm. um, back to uni mm -hmm. and it was the new year. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, when you make those new year resolution type of things. Yeah. So yeah. Um, in January of 2011, now, so coming up 10 years now, mm. um, I was like, right, Rosemary, you need to kind of get your act together. You say you're a Christian, mm. but you know, you're acting this way. You either need to be for God or not. Mm. It's kind of in the middle of what to do, mm. um, whether to go to this party that was going or not mm. and continue my ways or stop. Mm -hmm. um, and um, a friend of mine um, who had given his life to Christ not long before, mm -hmm. He has sent around this email, mm -hmm. um, which was basically telling a story about mm -hmm. these young people mm -hmm. who who were on fire for God. And mm -hmm. then just one day they decided to go out mm -hmm. um, for a picnic, I think. Yeah. Um, and then the Lord basically took all of them up to heaven to show them heaven mm. and show them how um, now growing up. I'd actually read a few of these stories. I've heard yeah, a bit yeah, about yeah. these stories. So it yeah. wasn't anything mm -hmm. Um, like new to me so mm -hmm. part of me was a bit apprehensive to listen to read it because mm -hmm. I because I, I already knew like mm -hmm. what was going to happen but something grabbed my attention I'm not sure whether it was because they were young people like mm -hmm. myself but I read the whole thing mm -hmm. and then right then and there I felt convicted and I gave my life to the Lord completely mm -hmm. by myself yeah. in my uni room wow. um, and from then I've just been on the journey with the Lord mm -hmm. so in um so since then, I've just been kind of praying. I'd finally found a church that mm. I was going to and just asking God to help me to know him mm. uh, for myself as, to as opposed to knowing the God that my parents yeah, had, talk yeah, had taught yeah. me. Mm -hmm. And it was in the very, very early, actually, in that journey, that's when God started to unravel things about me that I had hidden. Mm. And that's when, he, that's when he brought up to me the abuse. Yeah. And at this point, it had been 13 years mm -hmm. since that had happened to me. Mm -hmm. And at first it was a shock because I was like, um, why, why now? Mm -hmm. I, I'd almost forgotten in a way, yeah, yeah, but yeah. then it kept the memories and the yeah. flashbacks they all of a sudden, back. they were mm -hmm. coming back quite mm -hmm. severely. Mm -hmm. And it was such a horrible time. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a horrible time. But mm -hmm. when I look, about, look back on it now, I realized that God was, had to bring it up back into my face because he wanted me to deal with it. Mm -hmm. He wanted me to heal from it mm. and he wanted me to move on from it because he knew that I am not the person that he had called me yeah. to be. Yeah. And so now that I had given my life to Christ, mm -hmm. he's like, right now we need to be on this journey of healing. Mm -hmm. So that's when, that's when the whole kind of process mm. of being healed from mm. that um, and even accepting the fact that it happened to me mm -hmm. started. 
Mm. Um, at that point, I still didn't tell anybody. Mm. Um, I was too scared. Mm. I was humi- I didn't know who to tell. Mm. I was like, there's no way I'm telling my parents. Mm. <laughs> One, because it's been way too yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. And two, they're not going to believe me in all of these things. But I was just like really embarrassed. Like, mm. who, mm. why would this happen to me? And I had so many questions going mm. back and forth in my mind. Mm. And I remember going to a youth encounter um, with this knowledge Mm. now in my heart and I remember God had actually revealed it to somebody that this had happened to me and Mm. that was the very first time I had actually spoken about it to somebody Mm. and they had encouraged me to go and forgive the person so Mm. I did but I didn't really know what it meant at the time yeah so the journey and the process continued of Mm -hmm. healing and Mm -hmm. allowing all the emotions to come out Mm -hmm. and just allowing God to do an amazing work Mm. in me So that all happened and then that took a process, I would say, up until I finished university. Mm -hmm. So I finished university and I'm in the real world now and whatnot. I'm still continuing this life with the Lord and Mm -hmm. it's been an interesting journey thus far, but it's been great nonetheless. Mm. And then so in 2014, I was getting ready to get married Mm -hmm. and we were having the traditional uh, wedding first. Mm Um, and um, I remember it was that that whole process was stressful as, as well. Like weddings, just generally are mm-hmm. just always a big deal, yeah, especially yeah. in African culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I remember I think it was about two weeks before so before the traditional wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had come to tell me that somebody, one of his pastor friends, is coming to um, basically officiate mm-hmm. the traditional wedding and marry. Uh, my then fiance Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. and I said who is it and Mm -hmm. he told me who it was and the person who was coming to marry was actually the father of the person who abused me Mm -hmm. and I completely flipped out Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mm -hmm. he might I Mm -hmm. I didn't flip out in front of my father like when he left Mm -hmm. I I just I couldn't I don't know what happened but Mm -hmm. it's like everything that I thought I had been healed from yeah um just suddenly just came back I was shaking I was Mm. crying Mm. I was panicking Mm. and at that time I was sharing a room with my sister so and my younger sister so Mm. she was like Rosemary what's going on like and I was just like oh oh my gosh I did and eventually I calmed down and Mm. I told her and that was the first time I'd told a family member so Mm. my sister was the first person I told Mm. she was in complete shock Mm. I was in shock at the fact that this is happening but Mm. I was more in shock at the fact that I had revealed this to my younger sister yeah and I had felt felt guilty that mm. I had, you know, let my guard down to my younger yeah, sister because yeah. I had this ideology that mm. me being the eldest, me being yeah. the big sister, I had <laughs> right. to kind well, of be strong. Yeah. You know, I can't show myself weak. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm the kind of the stepping mother figure if my mother's not around, yeah. kind of thing. And to kind mm. of reveal that happened to me was mm. like, oh my god, I've just let my sister down here. Mm. And so um, my sister was like, no, we have to tell dad. So mm. we, call my, we called my dad and we called my parents, both of them in actually, my mum yeah. as well. Mm. And I told them that very night. Mm. And it was like, mm. it was like yeah. a bomb had gone off, yeah. like a silent bomb. It was, I didn't, I couldn't, I can't put into words how everybody was feeling that day. Yeah. But I just remember my dad being so silent, mm. like, shock in shock Mm. and my dad's quite a quiet man anyway and Mm. um i can't remember what he said but it was just very hard it was a very heartbreaking moment basically Mm. so um after about a few days we had decided to basically call the family together Mm. so Mm. just my parents and Mm. his parents Mm. and a few of the other family friends who Mm. i wasn't actually Mm -hmm. expecting to come Mm -hmm. so they had come together to kind of 
basically share that this is what has happened to me at mm. such a young age. You know, mm. it's been 10 plus years at this point, but it's only now that we're finding out two weeks before the traditional and mm. the father's supposed to officiate the wedding. Mm -hmm. And so we had a, it was quite a short discussion. Mm. Um, and it, at that time I wasn't ex really expecting them to bring the abuser and kind of tell yeah, him off. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point he's also a grown man, yeah. you know, and I don't know what he's, I still don't know yeah. what he's doing. I had all these questions, well, even if he did come, you know, what is he going to say? Is he mm. going to say that he didn't? He's going to call me a liar. Will he even remember? Yeah. Like all these questions. So mm. in a way, I'm glad he wasn't there. But at the yeah. same time, I wasn't expecting them to like punish him or do anything. Yeah. But mm. I didn't know what I, I didn't know what I was expecting. But at the same time, the the solution that came out of it mm. was quite disappointing. Mm. Um, it was almost like, you know, Rosemary, it's been so long now. Just let it go. Yeah, no. Kind of thing. <laughs> and it was like... Yeah right yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. kind of thing and mm. you know and you know it was the adults versus me yeah. and my wedding is coming up and mm. I was just like I'm just for the sake of my wedding yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not going to carry this on any further yeah um and but at that point God had already done quite a work, work. in me yeah so it was easier for me to let it go yeah um but I had told yeah. my parents. Yeah. I had told the family at this they point. So yeah. at least at least they know. So we continued with we continued with the wedding mm. um, and things like that. And even in marriage, mm. um, the healing process continued. Yeah, yeah. It, it continued, yeah. I would say, yeah. within the first two, three years of my marriage. Mm. It was still continuing. There were still days where I was completely broken mm. and I was completely upset. Mm. I was completely like switched on if I heard rape mm. or abuse yeah. or if I watched something yeah. and you know they're getting abused and I'm just like I can't I can't yeah. I can't do it yeah but during that time I, the more I was giving myself to God mm. and the more I was surrendering to him and mm. the more I was worshiping mm. the more I was singing the more yeah. I was writing mm. the more I was just kind of living life yeah and just allowing God to be God in my life the mm. more I could see the difference in my life yeah the more I could see the real me coming out mm. um and so just to move forward, I did release this testimony at the beginning of the year. And mm. God, it's something that God had been telling me to do for ages. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know because people know me, like yeah. they know who I am and yeah. they see me this way. I don't want them to see me another way. Mm. But I just obeyed and I just did it. Yeah. Um, and I think after that, mm. it was like the final stage. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt such a release mm. afterwards. Like, mm wow i'm completely healed now yeah. like I, I just know that i'm completely healed like yeah. i can talk about this and not cry yeah <laughs> kind of thing i can oh. talk about this and you know be okay yeah so i just yeah. thank god for the journey so far oh thank you yeah now <laughs> we have a few questions for uh the young lady here rosamond uh why did it take you so long you did touch on it though. yeah yeah so to um come out with it no yeah, I think um, most of it was to do with what other people would think about me. Mm. Um, mm. They might perceive me or call me a liar. Yeah. Um, they won't believe me, especially mm. whose daughter I am. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my dad Your is parents quiet. My, par my parents' yeah. reputation, I didn't want to ruin that for mm. them. Mm. I didn't want to give my parents the impression that they weren't doing a good job as parents. Yeah. Um, mm. And... I also and just uh, fear and guilt and being mm. embarrassed and ashamed mm. but also I, I touched upon it earlier just kind of having that notion of 
being the rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I kind of, I gave it my own term, like the first child syndrome. Yeah. So it's like being the eldest, you yeah. know, there's that notion you, kind of, you know. Expected, you, you There's an expectation yeah, to, to like look strong. after everyone and be strong, yeah. but, you know, not show any weakness, mm -hmm. you know. I don't know if this is a general thing or maybe, yeah. maybe it's just me, mm. but um, um, there was that as well. I didn't mm. want to let my guard down mm. kind of thing. So it, that's why it took yeah. so long, yeah. Okay. And then also, it could it, could it have been because the perpetrator told you not to tell anybody yeah. that could you have contributed as that well? That definitely did, Because yeah. that's very typical of uh, perpetrators. They tend to uh, uh, say to the victim, this is our little secret. And also they threaten that if you told anybody, nobody would believe mm. you, da-da-da. Or sometimes they can say, if you... You, you you told anybody I'm going to harm your parents or mm. I'm going to do this and and you know there's a whole lot of things why people don't especially children why they don't uh, tell there's a, a whole lot of uh, things that the perpetrator is saying to them that uh, makes them not not tell especially in young in young children yeah, they they tend to say I will kill your mom and then the child believes that and they think if I, I, I told my mom uh, tomorrow she will be dead and then who's going to take care of me? So she would rather keep the secret. So sometimes we need to understand why people don't really come out with, with these things. There are genuine reasons why. So the next question is, what advice can you give to young or young people or children who are currently being abused or have been abused? Um, the advice I would give is to just try to find, even if it's just one person mm. you can trust mm -hmm. to tell, mm. then do so. That person doesn't necessarily have to have gone through the same experience yeah, yeah. as mm. you, mm. but you, it's very vital to mm. tell somebody. Mm. Um, if I could kind of go back in time, mm. um, I really wish that I had opened up and said something yeah. much earlier because yeah. then I wouldn't have had to hold it throughout my whole yeah, adolescence and into my early adulthood. Yeah. So if you are being abused or mm. you have had that experience, mm. just find someone that you mm. can completely be honest with. Yeah. Um, I would actually encourage to tell mm. parents as well, mm -hmm. um, not to be afraid yeah. to tell parents yeah. as well, mm. um, no matter how they react, they like your, they are guardian, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm. uh, you know, and they will be able to help you the best way that mm. they can, mm. um, if mm. anything, but yeah. definitely speak to someone. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy, but I think uh, the schools, I mean, in the West, uh, obviously, uh, you know, these things are happening in schools, teachers are much, much more aware of, of these issues and they do teach children to, to, to speak out. I'm not quite sure in churches though, uh, whether these um, children are being encouraged uh, to and what to look out for, because in Rosamond as, as case, it was not penetration, there was no penetration whatsoever, but uh, it was molestation and uh, you know, it happens, it, the effect is the same as penetration. The effects are the same. Anything that makes a child think, uh, an adult thing done to them, it doesn't have to be penetration. It, it affects them the same way. If the person exposes themselves to a child without touching the child, that is just as traumatic as that person actually raping the child. So there are things that uh, adult can do. Sometimes adult can ask the child to touch their private parts. 
you know, they, they are not doing anything to the child, but they want the child to touch them. So that is as, as traumatic as, uh, you know, actually sleeping with the child. So children need to be told these things, that they are not normal. It's not normal for an adult to, to ask you to do these things. So uh, this is something that, you know, uh, we need to look out for, especially in churches as well. Because in Rosamond's case, it happened in church. In, in church, and in my case as well, it happened in in church. It was a, a, a an elder that uh, uh, exposed himself over a period of five years to 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 me, you know. And I didn't have a platform to tell anybody, especially because I wasn't living with my parents. I was living with my aunt that I didn't have a relationship with that much, so I couldn't even tell her what the elder was doing. So, you know, these things do happen. Hating people and troubled people and broken people are in church and they are in positions sometimes of authority. And then when they do things to children, children are seeing this authority figure and it's, they are afraid, you know, to expose or, or tell because this person is, is an authority figure not only to the child but to the child's parents as well. So it becomes a bit difficult for the child. So you know, there, there has to be an awareness that these things not only happen in the world, they also happen in church settings as well. So the next question is, um, you said when you were told that the father of the perpetrator was the one that was coming to officiate your marriage, you uh, had a, 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 some kind of a, a trigger. So some people may not understand when you are triggered what, what happens. I know there are some physiological and psychological effects that you feel immediately when you are triggered or the thing comes back to you when you have tried to forget about it so much. So can you just explain a little bit how the physiological and the psychological effects were? Yeah, so what I meant by triggered is almost like, like a switch yeah. type of thing. In, in that case, just before that news broke out that the father was going to officiate the wedding. Yeah. At that point, I mean, I had quite a lot of healing already taking place yeah, to yeah. the point I thought I was done. Yeah. So I thought I was completely healed. Yeah. So for me, I was already cool and relaxed. Yeah. So when that, that news came to me, it was mm. like something just all of a sudden switched on again to yeah. say that, no, there's mm. still some work to yeah, do. Work to do. Um, yeah. And so how that came out, it, for me, it came out very extreme. Yeah. Um, for me anyway. So yeah. I was shaking. I was mm. panicking. Mm. I was borderline breathless. I was just Mm. everything and yeah. anything was just going through yeah. my mind like mm. oh my god is mm. the perpetrator going to be there mm. you know mm. does does the father know nobody mm. knows nobody mm. knows i mm. can't have this mm. you know my fiance is going to yeah. be so angry because yeah. <laughs> once my fiance knew what had happened yeah. well yeah. my husband now fiance then yeah. um knew what had happened yeah. to me at the time and i told him and he he's going he's getting angry as well so which yeah. wasn't yeah. <laughs> which wasn't helping I know. so it was just the no notion of just all these yeah. images and yeah. flashbacks and yeah. questions. You that are reliving, reliving it all, yeah, yeah. again, yeah. you know, and yeah. um, and and it was having a physical effect on me. Mm. Like I said, I was I was crying. Yeah, you know, I was just panicking. I was shaking. Mm. I was just mm. beside myself. Yeah. Basically. So you were getting symptoms of PTSD. Yeah. You know, because uh, people who have gone through uh, traumatic experiences they do have uh, 
develop PTSD. I mean, every illness, whether physical or mental, it goes in degrees. Some people will get it in lesser degrees, some people in higher degrees, depending on what age it happened and how extreme it was. And some people experience more extreme abuse, some people mild, some people, so it depends. But then the symptoms that Rosamond explained are uh, as symptoms of PTSD. So, and she had buried this thing in the subconscious, so it wasn't gone. It was just buried in the subconscious, waiting for an accident to happen. So most of the time when things happen in, in childhood, uh, when we get um, to a certain age, we, we forget. It's like it, 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 it leaves the surface, but it is there. It's, it's not gone. And that's the reason why treatment is needed. And, uh, uh, you know, so uh, people can get a, a proper healing. She did get some healing from the church and everything else, but that didn't go as deep as the subconscious. So the subconscious still had that thing. And also we need to know that the church thing was just a one day thing or a weekend thing, but then healing in this regard, healing of trauma, it can take months, it can take years. It's not a one day thing. It's not a one weekend thing. So people need to understand that it takes time for somebody to, you walk into your healing. You start from day one and then you walk every day you get healed. And it depends on how long it takes people. It can take 10 years of, of healing sometimes. It doesn't go in one day. So people must just be aware that when somebody has gone through such things, they are not going to be healed in one day. Oh, I cancelled you. You are supposed to be well. Or we prayed for you. You are supposed to be well. No, it takes time. It's a journey. So uh, just so we, we all know, and then if we know that we are helping someone who has gone through those things, then we have that knowledge with us to help them. Did you find that um, you struggled with uh, intimacy, found that you struggled with trust, especially to, towards men? Yeah, um, I definitely did struggle with intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of going in and out of a few relationships. Before marriage, I just felt like mm. there was something that was trying to finish, mm. like trying to almost like finishing the work of the perpetrator mm. in, a, in a way. Um, I definitely saw God as an authority, like authority. Yes. Yes, he is powerful. Yes, yeah. he is. Mm. Um, you know, he's the king and everything. Mm. Um, but he's also a loving father mm. as well. And I've experienced experienced and encountered his love so many times mm. um, in terms of forgiveness i struggled mm. i really 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 did struggle to forgive mm. the perpetrator mm. i struggled to forgive myself mm. for putting myself in situations mm -hmm. and i think for me when i got my breakthrough that i had actually forgiven the forgiven him is mm. when i actually released blessings into his life